The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So my greetings to all of you and to introduce the theme for this week. It's going to be mindfulness of breathing. And uh, I have this idea over the next few weeks to cover some of the basics of mindfulness meditation. And, um, and basics doesn't necessarily mean that it's just introductory for people who are new. The basics are central and important for people who practice for a long time. And sometimes going back to basics is a way of, of uh, really allowing the practice to grow and deepen, even for experienced practitioners. And um, for this week, uh, I'll do seven days on this theme. So we'll go continue through Saturday and Sunday as well at, here in California at 7 a.m., so seven days on different as- and different aspects of breathing and different ways and of um, focusing on it or or understanding it or benefiting from it. Uh, breathing is one of the, uh, as I said earlier, one of the really core practices of all of Buddhism, and um, that some emphasis on breathing is uh, for meditation is kind of uh, probably the most popular form of most common form of uh, Buddhist meditation practice. It goes back to the time of the Buddha, uh, where the only meditation practice the Buddha, I think, really referred to as uh, as some, the meditation that he did, it was anapanasati, was mindfulness of breathing in and breathing out. He sometimes went off on retreat into the forest for a couple of weeks or a month at a time. And uh, he would tell people that what he was practicing there uh, was mindfulness of breathing, and um, and one of the uh, most detailed instructions for meditation that survive from that time is a, a meditation practice called uh, Anapanasati. The sixteen stages, sixteen areas of approaches of mindfulness of breathing. Um, the breathing is kind of like sits at the nexus. Uh, the crossroads of all these different parts of our lives. They have to do with um, our emotional lives. As our emotional lives shift and change, so does our breathing. It has to do with how we respond and react to the world around us. Uh, then our breathing responds accordingly. If we feel afraid and kind of go into a fight or flight mode, uh, the breathing adjusts itself or changes to have the energy and the oxygen needed to really do the fight or flight. If we go into fight and flight mode, uh, just because we're anxious in a situation, um, we can u- expend a tremendous amount of energy. But also, if we recognize how the breathing has changed and gotten tight, and maybe more chest breathing or faster or something more shallow sometimes, and to relax, the way, then the fight and flight response can disappear, can relax, and we can be more present in a calm and useful way in situations where we don't need to fight or flight. Um, the breathing is also interfaces with how we're thinking and what we're thinking about. Uh, it interfaces with our physiology and the changing the natures of our what goes on in our bodies. And it's it always all these are two way streets, two way directions. That as the world around us changes, the breathing changes, 
as uh, as we change the breathing, as we relax and open the breathing, our relationship to the world can change. Um, if uh, if we're tense and we learn to relax through our breathing, uh, the tension can relax as well. Um, the the ways in which we're trapped and caught in very strong uh, rumination, very strong patterns of thinking, uh, you might see that uh, that also affects how we breathe. That um, sometimes we hold our breathing if we're really gripped by certain kinds of thoughts and ideas. But as we kind of relax our body and relax the breathing, the mental grip around certain thoughts begins to relax as well. There's uh, this crossroads, fascinating place. And if you sit at the crossroads of breathing, it's a vantage point from which to see so many different aspects of our lives come into play. Uh, if you want to really study your life from one vantage point and be able to see like just the widest range of who you are and what goes on in your relationship to the world, probably nothing's better than just really sitting there with breathing and watching the breath goes on. And it's a doorway to understand so much. The, um, um, the, so of course, breathing is not always easy to focus mindfulness on breathing. And so it can take a while to learn how to breathe. And um, there's this wonderful story of Gurdjieff, a spiritual teacher in the beginning of the 20th century, uh, who went, I think, to places like Pakistan to study with uh, deep in the mountains with Sufi masters, these Sufi Islamic mystics. And uh, he showed up to see his teacher, uh, and teacher said, why are you here? And Gurdjieff uh, said, I'm here uh, to learn how to breathe. At which point the teacher apparently laughed quite a bit. And then uh, Gurdjieff says, and then for the next years, he taught him how to breathe. And, um, you know, most of us know how to breathe, but to really learn how to uh, have a relaxed breath, an open breath, to uh, really feel at home in our breathing uh, is something that uh, I didn't discover until I was about 20. Um, the, there was the, uh, I lived a life that was very peaceful and very nice, uh, a rural life for a while living on a, a farm, and the physical work of farming, the physical work of being outside a lot, and I discovered uh, feelings of how breathing in a natural, relaxed, easy way that I wasn't, I couldn't remember ever having had before, and it showed me what was possible. And then, with as I learned to um, meditate, uh, that that capacity for natural breathing came back. It probably came back easier because of the experience I had on the farm, and this idea of really discovering ease with the breath. In the Buddha's language, um, the word for assurance means to is the same word as to breathe easily and to have this easy breath uh, to breathe easily and discover really how wonderful it is to rest and be with an easy breath uh, all through the day one of the great benefits I feel from the years I've done of meditation practice is to um, really be be in touch with my, my breathing much of the day it's kind of like almost automatic for me much of the time that I'm part of my attention is there, aware of what goes on with my breathing. And it's a early warning system for me. I can start noticing, uh, when, uh, how my breathing is and how it changes, 
uh, is an indication how my mood is changing, my mind, my intentions, what I want, what I'm trying to do, all kinds of things. And it isn't that I always feel like I have to stay keep a relaxed breath. Uh, sometimes when I like when I'm doing physical work, like um, uh, the breathing gets all kinds of ways. And last week I was backpacking and walking up some of these steep hills in the Sierras. Um, I would not say my breathing was relaxed, but I really enjoyed the heavy breathing, the heavy work of um, of doing it. So to not always feel like you have to have a relaxed breath, but have the capacity to come back to that, like it's the baseline. Um, one of the things that early that I had to learn about breathing was how much I held my belly. And uh, I held my belly tight uh, much of the much of the day. And it was in, only in meditation I started to realize that. And I would try to uh, keep the, the belly relaxed. I learned very quickly I shouldn't make it the main project in meditation, but I would do it uh, two or three times in the course of a meditation practice session to relax the, the stomach. And um, sometimes it would just tighten up right away. But then over the months, it able to keep these periods of relaxed belly more and more and more. And um, and that became a fantastic um, reference point also, this relaxed belly. Because now I can see so much about what goes on when it does tighten up that I couldn't see when I was always tight. There was no variation, and so there was no learning then. But to have it relaxed enough to see the variation allows for a much greater learning about what goes on. Some people will control the breathing. Some people find it hard to focus on the breath. They interfere with it or they breathe too hard if they're focusing on it. Um, so, or some people have certain kinds of um, accidents or uh, events happen to them earlier, earlier in life that make the breathing difficult. So certainly it's possible not to use breathing as the primary focus for meditation. And uh, some of you maybe already have found other things to do. However, it is valuable to give yourself a chance to try to learn about it. It takes a while, just like it took a while for me to learn to have, to relax the tension in my belly. It takes a while sometimes to learn how to uh, be effectively with the breathing in a relaxed, soft way, and without controlling it and fixing it and breathing harder because we're focusing on it. And, um, and, sl- and one of the ways to learn that is actually to learn that we are doing that. And that's our tendency. And once we see that tendency, then we can maybe find a way to adjust and f- find a way to do it that is more relaxed and open. It takes a while, like learning to ride a bicycle. Two things that I've learned about that is that sometimes it's useful to, uh, to uh, when I was controlling my breathing, is to, uh, I would go to the back rib cage and and uh, focus on the subtle movements of the back rib cage and the spine as I was breathing, because that was a place that was removed from the front where the control was. The control was more in the front, where the front of the diaphragm, the chest. Um, and by focusing on the back, I kind of pulled myself out of the area of control, and it was easier to relax with the breathing. And then when I was kind of relaxed and present, then I would kind of, like I was coming in through the back door, sneaking in, I would sneak into the front of, uh, be with the breathing in the, in the front here. The other thing that I learned that's uh, very effective is not to be concerned about a controlled breath or the difficulty of breathing. Uh, 
and um, and just to be very content that what we're trying to do here fun- fundamentally is just to be mindful of breathing, just to be aware of breathing as it is. And if it's a controlled breathing, then we become the world expert on what it's like to have a controlled breathing. And that kind of attitude of that even a controlled breathing or uncomfortable breathing is worthy of attention and you can be relaxed about having it, uh, supports things beginning to relax and soften on its own. So we don't have to be the one who fixes it. So uh, that'll be the focus this, this week, and I'll talk each day in some different aspect of mindfulness of breathing and how it interface interacts with all these different um, parts of our being and our, our relationship to the world. And I hope that that lays down a nice foundation for you and um, a reminder of the foundation or kind of enhances as, uh, your meditation practice and, and how you live your life as well. So I hope that uh, you all stay safe. I hope you all, those of you in the California can stay out of the smoke the best you can and that, that uh, all of you are well protected from COVID-19 and illnesses and all kinds of challenges. And I hope you take good care of yourself and that this mindfulness of breathing you'll take as part of the, part of the way of um, self-care. Thank you.